0: If you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. Hi, everyone. My guest today writes crime fiction with a hint of romance and strong female characters. So, all right. I like that. She's held a number of interesting jobs, which seems to be a trade among many writers that I know, She also has degrees in Creative Writing, Forensic Sciences, Law and Security, to name a few. She has also pursued her lifelong dream of living in Edinburgh, Scotland, which is a really cool place. My guest today is crime writer, Wendy Hewlett. Hi, Wendy. Thanks for being here today. Hi, Debbie. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, believe me. Um, you have two series as well as the book you're giving away. Uh, yeah. Ailey of Sky, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Ailey of Sky?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. It's short for Aileen, then, is it? Yeah, it is. I like that. It's my sister's middle name. <laughs> and I just started the first in the Taylor Sinclair series, Saving Grace. Um, she's a very interesting protagonist. Can you tell us more about the series and about Taylor Sinclair?
1: Sure. Um, she's a lot, all of my characters that I write are very strong women, and they've become that way from the hardships that they've been through in their lives and And Taylor's been through probably more than most and and uh, of course that. Involves PTSD and and overcoming that. So uh, she's got a lot of issues, and she's spent most of her life living on the streets of Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first book in the series, uh, Saving Grace, is her story of coming off the streets, and, and and the people that help her to do that who become very close friends, the close knit group of three women.
0: Yes. Yes. What inspired you to write your first
1: novel? Um, When I was in high school, my English teacher uh, urged me to pursue a career in writing. So I went to school for journalism and I hated it. (laughs) I it (laughs) I quit at the end of the first year and uh, the professor tried to talk me into staying and i thought at the time it was because the grade average was going to go down because i had the highest marks in the class but i learned years later that uh, my sister worked with his wife and apparently he didn't want me to leave because he thought i was very talented which is a huge compliment anyway i wish someone at the time had said you know creative writing try that but uh, i didn't i waited until uh in 2009 i was laid off from general motors i was a security and fire supervisor at general motors for a lot of years so when i was laid off um i started doing a lot of reading and i thought no i could write books like these (laughs) (laughs) and that's why i started writing in 2011 Uh, and i wanted somebody that was you know troubled difficult just to show the strength that she gets from that. And, and it ended up the, when people started reading my book, I started getting messages from women saying that, you know, they've been through a lot of trauma in their own childhoods and how much Taylor's healing helped them to heal. And so that's become, you know, a purpose almost with my books is, is helping women to heal and, and help to empower them.
0: I noticed that in your bio, I thought that was rather remarkable. And, do you have a particular kind of demographic in mind when you write? I hate to say reader avatar, but do you think <laughs> about that as you're writing these
1: books? A little bit. Yeah. Um, I think most people do. I basically writing to all women because I know most of them have been through difficulties, you know, and struggled and, and, the way we gain that strength is by overcoming it and there's a lot of ways we can do that.
0: You're absolutely right about that. <laughs> uh, can you give me an idea of Taylor's uh, arc, story arc, through the series? I assume that there, is, there are stages of improvement as she uh, yep. goes um, through the her, series?
1: Her, her friendship with Gray Rowan, who is an author, um, um, the series starts out with uh um, a murderer being, escaping from prison and he's the man who uh, murdered Taylor's sister 16 years before and, uh, it was Grey Rowan who he had kidnapped and, and, uh, and held for several days who escaped and was responsible for him being captured. Um, So when he escapes, Taylor knows he's going to go after Gray Rowan. He wants her. So she tries to talk to Toronto police and they're not listening to her. So she decides she's going to go and do something about it herself. And uh, Gray ends up taking her in and they develop a really close bond over their shared past trauma. And and what grey went through and what she knew about taylor's sister and it develops from there um a toronto police detective sergeant gets involved in the case uh and then when they capture this guy uh there's a little twist everybody thinks that the end going to be when this guy is captured right but uh it's only really just the beginning of the story because uh, uh Taylor being on the news, her past uh, becomes front and center in the media, and she becomes really harassed by the media a lot, and uh, so she has to deal with that, and uh, there is an investigation into her abuser, uh, who comes about from the media attention, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so her she develops a really close bond with Uh, Detective Sergeant Chris Kane as well, who's the detective sergeant investigating the case. And uh, Chris convinces Taylor to go to police college and and come to work with her in the Toronto Sex sex Crimes Unit with the Toronto Police. And so the second book, Unfinished Business, she's still dealing with stuff from her past, but uh, starting with the third book, Ruined, every book is gonna be a different case with the Toronto Sex Crimes Unit. With Taylor and Chris working the cases.
0: Hmm.
1: Fascinating.
0: <laughs> I, I love the relationship between Gray and uh, Taylor, by the way. I just, that kind of mentoring yeah. relationship, that protective relationship is really great.
1: And, yeah, they you know, between two like women
0: this. who are supporting each other and helping each other. Yeah. I love that. Um,
1: You have some. And Chris ends up doing a lot of that as well, but she's got a more of a kind of dark sense of humor and a bit of a potty mouth. Who's this again? Chris, Detective Sergeant Chris King. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Uh huh. Uh, The potty mouth. Yeah. Yeah. She's the cop. She gets to have the potty
0: mouth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say your uh, credentials are just really amazing. Um, forensic science, and you've also worked as a counselor for alcoholics and drug addicts. So yeah. uh, how much of your stories and the characters do you draw from your actual actual experiences?
1: The characters themselves, not so much. But what I've learned from um, working with people in the security field in the addictions treatment field, um, way back when I worked on cruise ships, what I've learned was working with people back then, all of that plays into it. Um, so the, the characters are not so much from my real life. I don't really make them after someone that I know. Um, but definitely the knowledge that I've gained through my experience, my life experience, uh, helps to build those characters. and mm-hmm. certainly must help
0: you understand their motivations and Definitely. how they would act in certain
1: situations. Definitely. Ailey of Sky she's in a, a recovering addict, alcoholic um, and she travels from Toronto to the Isle of Skye because her grandmother has left her a house there. So she wants to, and she's just come out of rehab and she's trying to decide what to do with her life and what to do with this cottage that's been left to her. So she flies over there and she gets a big surprise when she arrives because um, she has family there. Her brother is living in the house. She gets there and there's a man in the house. And her mother is also still alive, which she didn't know. She thought she died shortly after her birth. So it, it's, uh, it's an interesting story about uh, you know overcoming addictions and and finding that family love, you know, very cool. Mm. Uh,
0: yeah, That's, that sounds
1: wonderful. Um, tell us a little
0: about your uh, Solstice Coven series. I thought that that protagonist sounded particularly fascinating—a constable descended from Wiccans. Is that
1: right? Yeah, I've always huh. wanted to. I've always been interested in Wicca and and huh. and the, the whole religion around it and witches and that sort of thing so um the protagonist in that is the detective constable raven bowen and her mother has just passed away she works up in the remote area in central ontario it's all lakes and trees uh cottages that sort of thing and uh when her mother passes away she hasn't talked to her in over 12 years Um, they had a big falling out when Raven was 15 and they never spoke again. Um, so shortly after her mother passed away, she's just started a new investigation when a murder, or a murder victim is found and her mother starts talking to her from beyond the grave. So she's hearing her mother's voice in her head. So she says, finally says like, what the heck do I have to do to get you out of my head? and her mother says find my killer so it goes from there it's quite wow. interesting she's also she's uh her character is gay which I wanted to do because it's very accepted in the Wiccan religion um so I wanted to show that you know where it's, uh, a lot of places in the world it's still taboo um it's still a very difficult thing even in like Canada and the U.S. sometimes it's It's very difficult, but in the Wiccan religion, it's very accepted. And I thought that was a beautiful thing, so I wanted to to make it up.
0: I had no idea, and I think that's fascinating, interesting. Um, Why in particular were you interested in Wicca, just
1: out of curiosity? It's just something I've always been interested in. My my mother was psychic, so she used to do a lot of psychic readings and that sort of thing. She wasn't Wicca, but... um, uh, she would meet with groups of women and some of them were Wiccan and, and I just really developed an interest in it. I find it all very fascinating. Hmm. Interesting. Now you recently moved
0: from Canada
1: to Scotland. How's that going? Yeah. So far so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, something I've dreamed of doing for a long time. I was born here in Edinburgh um, and the opportunity came at the beginning of this this year just before the coronavirus outbreak happened. And, you know, I thought about putting it off till next year or, you know, waiting, see what happens. And uh, then I decided, you know, I'm gonna go for it. With the Lolland case in the UK and in Canada in July there, I thought you know, I can get over there now safely. And if there's another, a second wave or another lockdown i'll be over there i'll be fine um so i went for it i got on a plane at 10 o'clock at night on august the second so was almost exactly two months ago and then i arrived here on august the third so i we did a two-week lockdown or self-isolation which was hard because I was just itching to get out and explore and <laughs> looking out a window it was nice and sunny out there <laughs> so uh, once I got out uh, I've just been walking Edinburgh uh, I've been doing just basically walking tours all over the city uh, Portobello beach uh, today I hiked up to the summit on Arthur's seat I don't know if you've ever done that but that was that was so um, beautiful
0: i didn't i did do a
1: lot of walking in um
0: in edinburgh and yeah. we walked up uh, the scott monument
1: yeah that's closed i haven't done that yet but i it's oh, on it, my list but it's not opened yet one day i'll just,
0: do
1: that yeah you gotta do that
0: yeah it's i i did it and i was just like all right <laughs> i made it
1: <laughs> that's, that's how i felt happen. today at <laughs> a long way up. beautiful it's, views though, You know,
0: yeah yeah beautiful views and it really is a charming city I mean it is quaint and, and historic and I loved it there it's small
1: enough you can walk everywhere you know it's yeah. a capital city but it's small enough that you can walk everywhere it's fantastic very
0: walkable yeah very walkable
1: but and the, um the old part of town that was um it's medieval, you know, it goes back uh, some buildings to almost a thousand years. And uh, the new town, which is Victorian or Georgian, but the new town, is, and it's still very, very old. It's still beautiful. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, since you're delving a lot into Scottish history, I believe, myths and things, yeah. uh, have you ever yeah. considered writing nonfiction about Scotland? A travel guide, or
1: anything like that a history no I't really, but you know what I've been doing i've been because uh, I'm taking a lot of pictures and videos, so I've been putting videos up on youtube, um, just kind of chronically my travels, and for anybody who wants to kind of come along with me like my my oldest sister can't travel, and she's you know wanted to come home, she would call coming home and uh She can't, so it's kind of my way of bringing her along with me. You know? That's
0: great. (laughs) That's really great. And the rest of us too. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Who are your favorite authors and which ones have inspired you the most?
1: Ooh, that's a toughie. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of the authors I read these days are indie authors. Um, so not well known to everybody else, really. Um, but what inspired me to start writing? I was reading a lot because I wasn't working, and uh, I was reading J.D. Robb's In Death series. That's when I started thinking, you know, I could write books like these. I've got, you know, I know criminal law in Canada, and I know uh, the judicial system. I've got experience in in that kind of thing. I can, I can write this. And uh, so I just started writing. And it was like the characters wrote the story, you know? The mm-hmm. characters took me on their journey. So it was really cool. But, uh, yeah, so J.D. Robb, who is um, Nora Roberts, a pen name for Nora Roberts. And uh, I don't know, I've got a, a, I read a lot of authors. One from here in Edinburgh, Ian Rankin, who mm-hmm. uh, wrote the... Revis novels uh, you, there's a tv show it. I don't know if you've been able to get that there, whatever that but he's really good and very popular um I don't know just I read so many authors it's it's I don't know if I really have a favorite growing I, up it was um, Beverly Clearly did you read the Beverly Clearly novels again? I have not Beverly
0: Clearly.
1: Huh. Beverly Clearly she's gone now but uh there's a whole whole bunch of them. Uh, Beezus and Ramona are the, the main characters. I think that's the name of one of the books. Beezus, is huh. B-E-Z-U-S. American.
0: Beezus and Ramona. Yeah. Okay. I'll
1: Kids that books, but they're excellent. You know, those are the first novels that I started reading. And I love those.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> Kids books can be really fun. I, I mean, oh yeah, and
1: young adults. I, I still love YA books. They're awesome, you know, angels <laughs> and and all of those. There, there's so so many great novels out there in the for written for youth, but adults love them too. <laughs> they're great oh, stories.
0: Yes. Absolutely, yeah. they tend to explore timeless themes. I think. Yeah. Themes that affect us throughout our lives. Um, how would you describe your own writing in general? Would you call it mystery, thriller, suspense? Um,
1: it's probably more suspense than anything else. Um, crime fiction, suspense. I usually write uh, female detectives, although Lady of Sky is not a female detective novel. Her brother is a cop, but uh, she she's never worked. She's uh, just trying to get her life on it together and see what she wants to do, right? But um most of my books are female detectives. So police procedurals could even be called. Mm-hmm. And so the protagonists
0: also, well, are always female.
1: Yeah. hmm Yeah. Even
0: if they aren't the main, strictly speaking detectives.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well cool. Um is there anything else you'd like to tell us before we finish up about your work or about Scotland
1: or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I could <talk> about Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I guess w- what I want to say about about coming to Scotland and and following a dream I've had for a long time is you're never too old to live your dreams. Never give up on your dreams, and it's not too old to to go pursue new ones, or make new goals, you know, it's never too late, go for that, it. That's <laughs>
0: wonderful, that is the best advice ever, thank you so much for that, and um, thank you for being here today, I really
1: appreciate oh, thank it. You for having me. Oh, I really appreciate it too, I really enjoyed this, thanks for, so much for having me. Me too, it was great talking to you, um, thank you for being here today, Wendy,
0: and to everyone listening, I just want to say, oh, I, I also wanted to add, when I, if I ever get to Edinburgh again, I'll look you up. <laughs> we can <laughs> walk all the streets together, hopefully, maybe even climb the Scott oh, Monument together.
1: I'll show you around. i will take you all the good places.
0: <laughs> oh, good, good, yeah, that'll be great. Um, yeah, because Scotland was really nice, the UK, the whole place, just wonderful. Um, thank you to everyone listening or watching this. Uh, I just don't, uh, don't forget Wendy is giving away her book, Ali of Sky, yeah. And, uh, look for her guest posts on my blog at debbymac.com and leave a comment there if you want to enter. In addition, I would like to thank our supporters at Patreon. Uh, we are Patreon-supported, and uh, please feel free to check us out there. You'll find the link on my website, debbymac.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. Please be nice. And um, our guest in two weeks will be A.C. Frieden. In the meantime, take care, and happy reading.